Welcome to the Naked and Wandering podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ruddick. This podcast is all about showing up exactly as you are in the world, with nothing to hide, bearing it all, and figuring it out as we go along. I will be sharing with you my successes, trials, triumphs, and tribulations, and everything I'm learning as I journey through life as a successful international yoga teacher, entrepreneur, social media influencer, yoga school owner, and world traveler. I'm so glad you're here. All right. Naked and wandering. I don't know what episode this is. I don't know if this is ever going to be podcasted, but here we go. Um, I apologize. The sound is probably quite shit. I am once again recording this in the car. You might hear the Google Maps chime in. Um, I wanted to record this with headphones, but they were stolen. So if you, well, let me give a little background. So I'm here in Costa Rica. I'm in the car. I'm driving to San Jose or um, driving to San Jose to try and get a new passport because I was robbed. Um, the story is I'm between two teacher trainings. I just finished a 200 hour teacher training in Nicaragua. I have another 60 hour chakra vinyasa teacher training happening in Nicaragua and I had two weeks in between. I decided to maximize the time and I headed to Santa Teresa, which is the town I used to live in in Costa Rica because it's magical and beautiful and also there's some pretty incredibly inspiring yogis there. One of my teachers and friends and yogi connoisseurs there is Nancy Goodfellow and her and I just spent a week recording a tantric vinyasa online course. We worked so hard on it. We put in dozens of hours of filming, you know, dozens of gigs of footage. And then I decided I'm taking a week off of vacation. I haven't had a vacation in a long time. I've been working crazy amounts of hours. And just like that, an old friend named Tyler reached out to me and he said, Hey, do you want to, what are you doing this week? Um, I'm thinking about coming to Santa Teresa. And I said, that's so funny. There's now a crash on Autopiste de Prospero Fernandez causing a 22 minute delay. You will now arrive at 9.36 AM. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Anyways, so, <laughs> so Tyler had reached out and I said, you know, that's so funny that you reached out. I'm in Nicaragua now. I haven't been in Costa Rica in over a year and a half, but I will be there and um, I'm planning to take a week vacation. Let's do something together. So Tyler and I met in Santa Teresa four years ago um, when he was staying at my friend's hostel called Don John's Lodge and John if you're listening I love you and if any of you are ever traveling to Santa Teresa Costa Rica you should definitely stay at Don John's John is the man his place is just a curator of fantastic vibes and it's a guaranteed good time and it's just safe and it's beautiful and amazing people stay there so I met Tyler there uh, and he ended up traveling with a friend and the friend left and he stayed in my house for Um, an extra week because I had two bedrooms and at the time I was living in a two-bedroom house I had no money and I was just trying to make it work I was just trying to make a lifestyle work of you know living my dreams and living in Costa Rica living in paradise so I was renting out the spare room in my house so Tyler stepped in and he rented that room and we ended up becoming friends and having a great time together 
anyway, four years later, he reaches out and I was like, you know what, let's do this again. Uh, some of you have been seeing him in my Instagram stories and lots of you have been sending me messages like, oh my God, who's this guy? His name is Tyler and he's wonderful and it's not a thing. We're just friends. So anyway, Tyler and I were driving from Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, which is in the south of uh, Punta Arenas province on the Nicoya Peninsula to Nosara, which is north in Guanacaste province on the Nicoya Peninsula. It's about a four and a half hour drive. And the roads are very gnarly. The roads are just like full of potholes. They're all dirt road, not paved. It's pretty intense driving. And we decided to catch sunset. Sunset is a very important part of my life. And he's here on a one week vacation. And obviously he knows how important sunsets are to watch when you can. So we decided to just drive off the main road, head to the beach and a random beach and just watch sunset. It was called Playa Barigones. And we had all of our stuff in the car, including I had all of my camera equipment and everything I had used to record the online course. And normally I back up everything onto cloud storage and onto the internet and onto Dropbox. And the internet has not been fast enough for me to back it up. And there's just way too much gigs of data of information. So I was going to do that as soon as I arrived in Osara. It was like my task. Anyway. Him and I made a beeline. It was like 5.35, sunsets at 5.45. We made a beeline off the road, like barreled down this horrible pothole dirt road, got to a random beach. It was super beautiful. And there was a lot of people around. And I was like, you know, I'm pretty nervous about leaving the car. We have so much stuff in it. Um, so let's just say, stay where we can see it. So we were pretty close to the car, maybe about 150 meters away. It was with eye, in eyesight of us watching the sunset. And the sun went down, we went back to the car. I'm traveling with Tonto, my companion sidekick dog. And Tonto did not want to get in the car. And I thought he was behind me, so I'm whistling. I have a little special whistle for him. It sounds like this. <laughs> so he knows my whistle. And I'm whistling for him, and he's not coming. I can't see him. I'm like, where's Tonto? And then I look back, and he's still like 200 meters away, just like pancaked flat on the beach. He just does not want to move. So we had two surfboards in the car that were spread diagonally across through the center console. So you couldn't see through the car if you were on the other side. And Tyler had opened the driver's side door to get in. I had opened the back passenger side door on the other side to get in. And I'm calling Tonto and he's not coming. And I see that Tyler's door is open and he sees that my door is open. And crazy fluke, at the exact same time, the two of us walked away from the car. He walked away to go pee and I walked to the beach to just pick up Tonto and put him in the car and it must have been like a minute or two and both of us thought the other person was in the car because we couldn't see each other and in that moment in that moment somebody swiped my backpack it was sitting on the top of the trunk and like not the top of the trunk but it was in the trunk on the top of all of our stuff so it was just like an easy grab and pull and of course nobody would notice if you were just walking back from the beach with a small backpack on so in that moment my backpack was swiped it contained my brand new Fujifilm X-T20 camera I had two professional lenses I had my MacBook Pro I had all of our hard drives um, and all of the backups of everything we've ever filmed for Yoga Academy International online and Lauren Ruddick's online stuff like all my Yoga for Better sex courses and Uplift Your Yoga Career and 
showing your life upside down, everything. And it also had two Sennheiser professional wireless lavalier microphones. It had four memory cards. It had three spare camera batteries. It had my headphones, just everything of value you can think of, including my passport. Now, when I travel, I always separate my credit cards and money. And so I keep money in in different places. I never keep it all in one place just in case something gets stolen. Um, So also two credit cards were taken. I do have another credit card and I did have cash. So I didn't lose my credit card, my driver's license and some cash, thankfully, but everything else gone. So yeah, I mean, obviously it's devastating. I lost $6,000 of new professional camera equipment. It's definitely a big blow for me. And the most valuable thing really is losing my passport because I can't do anything without my passport. And I have to be in Nicaragua in three days for another yoga teacher training. So I have three business days to get a new passport before I have to cross a border into Nicaragua to meet my students who I'm, you know, also disorganized and trying to contact and get this training ready because I know my computer. Uh, Additionally, I had to block all my bank accounts, so I, you know, can't use those cards. And so booking flights has been a bit of a a hassle and an issue. And um, just here in Costa Rica, getting a new passport, it's a very complicated procedure. You have to go to the embassy in the capital, San Jose, and Uh, Canadian passports are not actually made here. They're made in Honduras, and so it takes 15 to 21 business days to get a new passport. I can only get a temporary one. Um, And to expedite the process, I have to show up with all my passport photos. And unlike U.S. passport photos, you cannot do them on an app. Um, They have to be professionally printed. They have to be signed by a guarantor who's Canadian. It's just a big process. And uh, so I'm on my way, driving now four and a half hours to do this. Um, And the other really devastating loss is the course that I filmed with Nancy. She worked her butt off to produce this, and it was so beautiful. And, you know, we just tried so hard to create the most incredible quality content. We filmed it at her yoga studio in Pranamar Villas in Santa Teresa, and it was just, like, spectacular. Um, And she's devastated. And, you know, she was counting on the income from this course and I was promising to help her grow in her career and reach a new audience. And, you know, we're, we're both just so upset. Like, that's not replaceable. You know, we have to redo it. And I don't know when I'm going to be in Santa Teresa again to redo this. It's just devastating for us. So that's where we're at right now. And I'm on my way to San Jose. Um, the other thing is in my knapsack were all of my paperwork for Tonto. So all of his vaccination records, he has like a little dog passport and everything I need for him to cross the border was also stolen. So that's just been a hassle. That's the backstory. So why am I sharing this? Well, I've been working with mindfulness and yoga now for 15 years. And I can tell you that a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, if this would have happened, I would have completely lost my shit. In fact, I had a big travel blip um, on my way from Peru Yoga Festival back to Costa Rica about two and a half, three years ago, and I did lose it. I threw a tantrum, I cried, I screamed at people, I couldn't get anything done, I was a mess. 
and I hadn't lost any documents or anything. I just had to get a new flight. Um, and also about four years ago, my last passport was also stolen in Costa Rica and same thing. I threw a tantrum. I lost it. It wasn't helpful. And I just want to say that through all of this, I'm so proud of myself because I've stayed as calm as you can hear me now. I didn't get angry. I didn't yell. I just thought, okay, well, this happened. There has to be a reason. And now I've just got to put my head down and do the work and make every single phone call right now to get this situation alleviated because I have to be in Nicaragua in four days. So, you know, the first thing, call the credit card company, report everything stolen, can't like block the bank accounts and the cards. Second thing, um, call the Canadian embassy, tell them my passport was stolen, ask for next steps. Third thing, go to the police, make a police report because you cannot get an insurance claim. You cannot, you know, even report anything stolen and get a new passport without a police report. Um, and then, you know, call the vet, figure out the paperwork for the dog and then find where to get a passport photo you know, inform everybody that is necessary. And, you know, I just put my head down and one step at a time and made a list and just did it. And I'm so proud of myself for staying calm and collected. And what's emerged from this experience, I'm still in it. So I'm not even on the other side yet. But what has emerged from this experience is that when we are strong and when we are resilient, other people will rise to meet us. So obviously this is very devastating for me. I put out a call to action on Instagram and I just shared with the Instagram and Facebook community what's been happening. And I said, you know, this is a big loss for me. And if any of you want to want to donate to help me get my yoga school back up and running to help me get back online, please do. Because everything that was stolen is what I used to earn my living. My computer and my camera and my microphones, this is literally how I earn my living. Without these tools, I don't really have a means of making money. Yes, I'm a yoga teacher and I can go in and teach a yoga class here and there, but my income comes from the marketing efforts I do on Instagram to bring people into trainings and the rest of my income comes from online courses. And the yogis that work with me on online studio, their income comes from there. So, you know, I feel a huge responsibility to support people and I feel a huge responsibility to alleviate the situation as quickly as possible and to support myself. You know, we have to support ourselves before we can support anybody else. Um, and so I put this call to action out and so many of my yoga students from years past have, have donated, have donated, you know, what they can, $10 or or $50 or $5 here or there. Um, and every little bit helps. My old friend and a yoga student from like maybe seven or eight years ago in Montreal has a connection at Mac. And he was like, I'll get you a new MacBook. Let me know where to, where to send it. Let me know which one you want. I'll, I'll make it happen. Um, my chef, Charlotte, who's now in Boston, she'll be in Nicaragua. She's like, I'll pick up a computer for you wherever you need. This is an address in the U.S. of my aunt. You can Amazon anything you need to me. We will bring it for you. Um, you know, Tyler, in 500 meters, take the ramp to Route 23. 
Tyler came with me to the police station, even though this is his only one week vacation, you know, it just, through this experience, it's just shown me that I have so many people on my team and I'm so loved and there's so much abundance of support in the world if you ask for it. Take the ramp to Route 23. To be honest, um, sorry, I'm just concentrating here. Uh, where was I at? Sorry, I <laughs> had to take an on-ramp. Um, yeah, I think what's been really incredible is just to see, like, how many people I have in my corner, how many people are willing to step up when you ask for help, and when you ask for help, people, people will be there. I'm someone that is fiercely independent, I like to do everything on my own, um, I'm insistent on not asking for help, on you know, for a long time, I thought help asking for help aid is weakness. Um, that's just not true. You know, when we help ourselves, other people will help us. One of my yoga students at this past yoga teacher training. So, uh, this one was, uh, January, 2019. She said at one point, I treat myself with a lot of kindness and I allow others to treat me with kindness as well. And it changed my life as someone who doesn't like to ask for help, as someone who doesn't like to ask for favors. I was like, wait a minute, if I'm kind and helpful to myself, other people might be kind and helpful to me too. And humans naturally want to solve problems. I think that we naturally want to help each other. We naturally want to be in community and it gives people a lot of joy to alleviate another human being's suffering another being suffering it gives us a lot of joy to alleviate the suffering of others and ourselves but mostly of others I think it gives us so much joy to alleviate the sufferings of others um and so I'm just like so grateful and I've been struggling with feelings of aloneness Charlotte our chef um she's told me you know it's really lonely at the top and I've been feeling struggling with feelings of aloneness like I've built this yoga school by myself and I built this brand by myself and I've I've been feeling alone you know I've I've achieved all these things and all this success in yoga and I love my life and I feel very happy with everything I've accomplished but I really want more of a personal life I want a community I want steady friends I'm ready for a life partner I want to be in a relationship I want to not want. I'm trying to cut the word want out of my life. Let me try these things again. I am ready for a relationship and I'm ready for a partnership and I'm excited for a community and I'm excited for more close friendships and I'm looking forward to building my life with beautiful people in a very intimate way. And so I've built my career at the expense of these things, at the expense of these relationships. Um, I've sort of pushed them aside for a while in order to revisit them later. And now I'm ready to revisit relationships and intimacy and partnership and marriage even. Um, And I felt lonely through this process. And um, just sharing my vulnerability with the world and sharing this just loss and sharing that this is a time when I can really use some help and I could really use some love has invited other people to come to my aid in a way that brings them joy. 
and I'm just incredibly grateful. So I'm still in the process. I'm not on the other side of yet. Yet, I'm not ready to say like, oh, here's the lessons and this is what I, everything I've learned and this is why it happened and here's the signs from the universe. But um, what I can tell you is that humans want to help others alleviate suffering. Asking for help is not weakness. And when you invite others to do service for you and with you, they will rise and you will feel so loved. Hey everyone, I'm back. It's now about three months since that event, since I was robbed. And I just wanted to revisit this. I remember when I recorded those words, I was like, oh, I'm still in it. I don't know what the lessons are. I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from this. And a few things came out of that robbery, and I'm still not completely clear on the outcome. But I will say this. One thing I realized was that I've become financially stable and comfortable in my yoga career, and that took a long time. If I had been robbed like that a year ago, it would have been devastating. I would have played a victim mentality. I would not have known how to recover. And this was a blow. It was a big blow, but it didn't leave me down and out or in squalor. I just picked up and replaced what needed to be replaced. Uh, For those of you who are curious, yes, I did have travel insurance. And no, my travel insurance would not cover my losses because I use these articles for work. I had no idea that that was a clause. I ended up getting stuck in Nicaragua for two weeks because I was given a temporary passport to cross the border into Costa Rica. I'm sorry, into Nicaragua from Costa Rica. And it took two weeks to get my full passport. When that arrived, I had to then go to a Nicaraguan immigration office, which took all day, but thankfully my friend Fidel helped me. He's uh, someone who helps me with driving and helps me coordinate things in Nicaragua, and he was amazing. He was super instrumental in helping me get that done. Uh, But we went to a Nicaraguan visa office for a whole day. It was hilarious, but also nutso. And I had to get a new immigration stamp into Nicaragua because the new passport I had obviously didn't have an entrance visa because I had to surrender my temporary passport trading them in when I got my full passport. So I had to get a Nicaraguan visa that said I had entered the country legally in order to be able to exit the country. It was a pretty complicated scenario. Uh, The other thing that happened is when I called the bank to block my cards because they had been stolen, the bank took the liberty of blocking out my bank accounts as well. So I had no access to money or online banking and then when I called the bank to get it you know, reinstated or, or running again, they didn't believe me that I was who I said I was, and they refused to unblock my accounts, thereby making me get stuck for longer in Nicaragua because I couldn't leave the country. They would not send me a credit card. They wouldn't open up my debit account. It was nuts. Um, eventually, I managed to escalate my complaints to... A supervisor and after six phone calls and 12 hours on the phone, 
I was able to get an emergency credit card sent to me. I was able to get a plane ticket. My passport was ready. I was able to fly home. I had to get new papers for the dog. It was just a mess. Then when I got back to Canada, I had just 24 hours before the Toronto Yoga Show, which is the biggest yoga conference show in North America. And Yoga Academy International had a booth at it. And the bank had told me that when I got back to Canada, all I had to do was show up at the bank and show them my identity and prove that I was who I was. I said who I was, show up at the bank in person with a government issued ID. And they would give me my debit card and they would exchange my credit card, my temporary one for a full credit card because they had sent me an emergency temporary card. So I did that. I had 24 hours before the Toronto Yoga Show. Obviously, I was totally unprepared because I hadn't been on the ground in Canada to to get ready. Luckily, Tracy, who's uh, one of my old interns, I had mentioned her in one of the episodes, uh, Tracy as soon as I got robbed, uh, my computer was stolen. I was like, I am not going to be able to put things together without help. And Tracy is phenomenal at organizing my life. <laughs> and she's meticulous and she needs no direction. You just give her a project and she will do it flawlessly. And she doesn't complain. She just gets it done. So I called Tracy and I was like, I need to hire you. I need help. And so luckily Tracy had known all the ins and outs of what to do for the yoga show. But I, I wasn't around. And so when I got to Canada, I had um, shown up in the bank. They gave me a debit card, thankfully. And then I asked them for my credit card. And they said, oh, the credit cards are not printed here. They're printed in Toronto. Um, and But so you have to wait. And I was like, I can't wait. I have this yoga show. We need to buy things for our booth. I need to get ready. I have to rent a, a moving truck to, to move furniture in and out. And you can't rent a truck without a credit card. And they said, okay, well, we can get the card expedited and we'll send it to the bank in Toronto. You can pick it up tomorrow morning. And I was like, okay. I had landed in Montreal where my family is. Oh, one thing I forgot to tell you also was that the day before I got back, my mom drove my car. She was just trying to be nice. Um, I think she was going to go fill it with gas or something <laughs> to be nice. I usually leave my car at my parents' house when I travel. And my mom got into a car accident with my car the day before I came back. Just another little thing to deal with. Um, obviously, it's an accident, right? She didn't do it on purpose. She had good intentions. Um, so, obviously, it was a pretty stressful homecoming and time. And then, uh, so I decided the Toronto Yoga Show, my move-in time for my booth was 1 p.m. So I decided if I leave Montreal at 5 a.m., I can get to the bank in Toronto at 10 a.m., get my credit card, and then I'll just rent a moving truck in Toronto, get everything we need, and move in the booth. So I did that. I show up at the bank at 10 a.m., and my credit card is not there. And at this point, I just burst into tears. I was so exhausted, so burnt out. My problem-solving brain was so tired. I, I didn't know what to do. And I just started crying. And I was like, and now I'm a crazy person in the bank throwing a tantrum and crying. What am I supposed to do? Anyways, the women who worked at the bank had a lot of sympathy and they were trying everything they could to help me and track this credit card and find out where it was. And it turns out the card had not even been printed. And it also turned out when I showed up back at the bank and unblocked all of my accounts and got my debit card, the bank took the liberty of lowering my debit limit to a point that was very 
unworkable for me because I was, again, trying to make these big purchases for this yoga show and my debit card got declined and my credit card got declined because the emergency credit card that they sent me when they when they went to go print the full credit card, they canceled the emergency one. I mean, it was just a mess. I did something that kind of brought me to my knees at that point. I didn't know what to do and, and I had, you know, three hours to move in this booth and I was so stressed. And I called my dad. I haven't asked my parents for help in 10 years, like since I finished school, since I started teaching yoga. I was embarrassed. I was prideful and I had to swallow that pride and just felt like I was just on my knees. Like, who am I? I'm a 34-year-old woman with a successful yoga school and I have to ask my daddy for help. I have to ask my daddy for money. It was so embarrassing, but I didn't have a choice and I, I felt terrible and I just called my dad and I said, dad, I'm so sorry. I'm struggling here. I need to borrow a credit card. I have to rent a van and I don't have a credit card right now. And my father, no questions asked, said, okay, here's the number. It was the most supportive thing that he could have done for me at that point. Just no questions asked, didn't make a big deal, just said, here's what you need. Anyways, I pulled it off. Kezia helped me. We always pull it off. We always manage to make it work. And then a friend of mine has been trying to get me to see his resort in El Salvador for a, a while. Uh, he wants me to do retreats there. And he was going to fly me in and he was asking me about it. And I was like, you know what? I can't entertain this idea right now. I'm so stressed. Here's my schedule. And I sent him a screenshot or a photo of my schedule. If you get me a ticket, I'll show up. 15 minutes later, he sent me an airplane ticket to El Salvador, leaving from Montreal 24 hours after the Toronto Yoga Show ended. So I went to El Salvador, checked out his place. It was a whirlwind trip. I was there for five days, and I thought, you know what? Since I'm in Central America, I'm going to swing back to Costa Rica and re-record all of the content that Nancy and I lost of the Tantra course. So El Salvador for four days, Costa Rica for a week, Refilmed everything with Nancy, redid a Tantra course, which by the way is unfreaking believable. We really nailed it. Um, it's so beautiful. Nancy is an amazing teacher. She's one of my teachers and one of my mentors, and she's just wonderful. And then after that, I went back to Canada to see my family for four days and then flew to Morocco for my sold out luxury yoga retreat in Marrakesh and then did a travel blogging gig for the Marrakesh camel trips. Uh, you can see that blog. It's on my website, laurenreddick.com slash travel, uh, where I went to the Sahara for three days. <sighs> and then finally I flew home. It was the busiest time of travel I've had in a long, long while. Uh, the most travel kind of responsibilities I've had in a while and I came home and I, I just shut down for about a week and now it's about two weeks later and to be honest I still don't feel like I'm fully myself yet I don't feel like I've fully recovered I don't feel like I've had a, a chance to breathe yet really um my motivation has waned <laughs> I'm tired so 
I was trying to wonder what the lessons were uh, from this before, and I was trying to extrapolate the meaning. If you've listened to episode one of this podcast, you'll know that when I got my heart broken for the first time, it took me three years to learn the lessons I needed to from that event. So this is not nearly as cataclysmic as that, but maybe it'll take more time for me to learn the lessons. But I, I can say that and I, I mentioned this before, and you'll hear this, you know, in a couple of these episodes that I've been feeling lonely. Throughout all of this, I've realized that I am capable of doing anything, and I do it all. And I've been kind of standing as this pillar on my own for a long time. And I am so ready to have someone stand beside me. So I think that's a really beautiful realization out of this. I used to think that it made me sound desperate or a loser or lame to admit that I am ready for a partner, but I don't think so. I think it makes me stronger. So out of this, I've realized, like, I just am so ready for a partner and I'm ready for more community in my life. There are so many people that helped me. There are so many people that love me. There are so many people that stand by my side, but I just at some points wish that I could have had someone hug me at the end of the day or someone else could have made the phone call to the insurance company for me or called the embassy to get information or just someone could hold my hand or someone could do the driving in the car for an hour. I'm just ready for a partner. I'm ready to do life with someone. So I, I do feel like that is a beautiful outcome is just this realization that I need to reevaluate my life and make more space in it for someone. And it's also made me realize that I'm ready for more community. So I, I think I need to move and I'm not sure where my next move will be, but I'm ready for a a more stable home base that has a community that fills me up and that I can help fill. I did feel that way for a while when I lived in Costa Rica and I'm not discounting a move back to Santa Teresa. I'm also not discounting a move back to Montreal. We have to live with ourselves wherever we go and I know that I'm stronger and in a much more stable place than I've ever been even though I feel a little bit lonely and even though I still feel shaken or even though I still feel a little bit burnt out, I know that I'm stronger and more stable than I've ever been. So I feel like I can potentially move back to places where when I wasn't as strong, I felt knocked over at times. We change and places change and people change, but ultimately we have to live with ourselves wherever we are. So the question I guess I've been asking and you can ask too is like what kind of lifestyle do you want to live and how can you enrich your own relationship with yourself so that wherever you are, when your life gets shaken, you don't fall over. I'm feeling pretty content with that realization that community is more important than I had ever realized that I want to do more for others I want to be more involved in my friends and family's lives and a community life I'd love to donate more of my time and I'm ready to meet a man who is strong enough to stand next to me So while this story doesn't have a happy ending, that certainly doesn't. It has a sort of almost a dark, a dark longing at the end of saying like, oh, I've got to do all this work now. 
and, and take the next steps, it is a positive outcome. So again, it's not necessarily a happy ending, but it is a positive outcome. Because it's shown me that I need to make some big changes in my life in order to meet the goals and next steps that will enrich me. I have met every career goal I've wanted to, I've strived for, I've worked for. But I've done so at the expense of some personal goals. And I just brushed them aside. I forgot about them. You know, I I didn't even put them in the forefront of my memory or my mind. And now it's time to revisit those and reevaluate and realize that it's time to really focus on having a personal life too. So not every story has a happy ending, but not every dark tale has a negative outcome. This is a positive because it's encouraging me to grow once again. So just remember, I've said this before and I'll say it again, when you're in the darkness, keep going. Keep going. Because the light at the end is so much brighter and what you will learn is immense and you will be stronger. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget that every week we give away a totally free copy of my best-selling e-course, Turn Your Life Upside Down. Turn Your Life Upside Down is all about living your passions, going for your dreams, and learning how to do handstands. All you have to do is screenshot you listening to this podcast on your phone and put it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Lauren Ruddick so I can see it for your entry to win Turn Your Life Upside Down. And if you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.